Welcome to Office 365 Distill. A podcast about Office 365 and single mode. I must get on my horse and drink my milk. No, Bye. because what do cowboys drink? What do cowboys Moonshine. drink? Moonshine. Moonshine. Whiskey. 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 <laughs> That's true. Rye whiskey. Rye whiskey. <gasps> oh, I yes. Know. I finally, finally got a bottle. I haven't got it here yet, but I've been after it this. How long coming? have I been after this? I don't know. I just want to ask you, like, at least half half year i think i think so whoops i'm just wrecking my office here leaning against uh, the chair uh i think they released it march april time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh yes yeah. my my you already nephew, knew about that because I you visited know. the distillery and I did you already knew that it was coming so i knew that they were creating a rye whiskey so that is for certain uh, but I didn't know how I could... I didn't know they wouldn't bloody distribute it in Europe, not mm-hmm. until I tried to get hold of a bottle. Yeah. But so, then I had a man that was in Ireland last week, and he wants me to do something. So, so, I, so I sent him a picture of Kilbegan single grain rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. I need a bottle of this. And then I got a message three days later. I found it. Good. Don't drink it all, I said. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see how much Angel Share has evaporated from the bottle. Mm -hmm. So this technology podcast started off well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As always. And we have a selection to choose from tonight. So I did a little bit different. We normally agree which bottle we're going to drink. Mm-hmm. We have five in front. Oh, four, four in front of us here. Yeah. Oh, five actually. Well, five, the Ancockers and Knock, Acknock. Yeah, and there, that one which we're not going to touch tonight. No. So I've bought a couple of uh, selections, and we'll then choose later the Belvini Double Wood. Yeah, seventeen years yeah. of age, and we already tasted that off the podcast, and it is just awesome. Even it so did. awesome that I personally bought a bottle of the Belvini Double Wood Twelve. Which is yeah. not nearly as awesome as the 17. But let's try that in one of our next podcasts. Let's yeah, we'll do, do a comparison. comparison. That's yeah, a good let's idea. See so we're not going to drink that Five, five extra years in a, in a barrel. How does that age? I remember yeah. my first double wood. I was in Shanghai and I came across it in this room. Really, oh, is this a bar. dirty joke? No, no. I went to Shanghai and drank whiskey. No, okay. that's, that's a story for another time. Oh, it's not about a lady boy and you both got double. No, <laughs> that's okay. Brazil. Oh, okay. Brazil, the okay. lady boys, aren't okay. they? Uh, and uh, but and you promised you wouldn't tell. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so so <laughs> too late, too late. Uh, and then we've got the Eye Leech, which is uh, an Eye uh whiskey. Uh, again, this is an Eye So this is petered with the fish bit yeah, rather yeah, than yeah, the yeah. meat bits. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. Can't forget that one. Mm-hmm. There's a classic Scottish there, which I can't remember the name. Of, I forgot. The Glenkinky. <gasps> yes, the Glenkinky. And then you brought one as well. Yeah, the old Balantruan. Balantran. Yeah, is which this... is actually a Speyside, but it tastes like an Isla whiskey. Wow. Which is very, very, very weird. Well, the interesting with the Belvini, of course, you know I have this thing about the sherry casks. Mm-hmm. Um, what they say about this is finished in a sherry oak cask. Mm-hmm. But, of course, I've mentioned this before, it's finished, you know, halfway through it's not just yeah. the last six months because those that do it in the, the last six months i really don't really enjoy but that really is cool but as you said we've tasted that one before so we'll do a comparison with that one so we'll choose a little bit later yeah you know a fun fact these five whiskies they're all scottish whiskies there's gonna... not one irish or anything else on the table here no but i have four new irish I will have four new Irish ones to choose from next time. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but this is okay. a technology podcast with just a touch of oh, whiskey. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Sorry. We got things mixed around. We did get things mixed Although around. Although I have to yes. say, I got some uh, people telling me that we should switch it around and first drink whiskey and then do the podcast. But <laughs> I don't know how that would be any well, help. People but. would really start to understand whether you were driving home or not. Oh, yeah. If you were driving, mm-hmm. you'd just have the one and taste it. But if you yeah. were hanging around and staying over, we'd be 
tasting four whiskies and trying to remember what yeah, the fuck we do in life. That, that kind of reminds me of the time when we went to those uh, whiskey tastings and we came back and we decided to do <laughs> the last bit of the podcast. And yeah, you can kind of hear that we didn't have to drive that much and that we already had seven whiskies. So mm-hmm. but that was nothing to do with trying to taste two whiskies in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. For the yep. Formula One night, for the hours <laughs> I remember trying to oh. compare the um, uh, oh, I can uh, I can see the blooming bottle. I can't remember the name of it, but the rye and the uh, the malt, and yeah. uh, the, uh, they were bourbon. The Hudson, actually. Hudson. Uh, no, that was the Hudson one. The comparison one I was doing was the. I'd have to go and look at the bottle. Can't remember it. Ah, doesn't matter. A minute. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Uh, but there you go. All right. Uh, technology. Well, no, actually, we we both got some speaking events to do this time. We're actually doing them together. Yeah. Uh, I'm going off to Poland first, so that's yep. not together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I'll be, uh, yeah, you'll be in Poland for the ShareCon 365. Correct. You're going yeah. to Scotland? Uh, no, I'm I'm going to Helsinki end of September for the SPS uh, yeah, Helsinki, Finland uh, thing. The and Helsinki hell. Yes, Okay. So there's apparently a lot of uh, funny things around the airport, like welcome to hell and stuff like that. So okay, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for a lot of those things and uh, just try to make some funny pictures uh, from that. Neat. And, and then a few weeks later, uh, when you're back from ShareCon, I'll be at uh, SharePoint Connect in Harlem, yep. uh, which is a two-day event uh, in, in uh, near Amsterdam. Um. And then it will almost be time for Ignite. No, we're not. Yeah, we've got uh, Leicester before then, haven't we? No, Leicester is after Ignite. Oh, okay. So we'll both be speaking at uh, SPS Leicester, uh, which is going to be an awesome event. Let's do a podcast there as well. I think so. I was thinking yeah. the same thing. In yeah. fact, the guys in Poland are already telling me that we, we're going to do a podcast to be in the bar afterwards. Yeah. Because actually I screwed up a little bit. They, they've got a WhatsApp group set up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I booked into my hotel. And if you remember, I, I found the bar in the hotel yes. was just amazing, yeah. whiskey-wise. Mm-hmm. And they had the Kilbegan single-grain malt there, and that was magic. So I kind of put on the on the WhatsApp, hey, I've checked into my hotel. Yeah. All right, actually meaning that I booked my hotel. But, of course, they went nuts like all the speakers do. <laughs> wow, you're starting early. This is enthusiasm, Steve. Da, 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 da. Oh, okay. okay. So I said, yeah, but I wanted to make sure I got the room because of the whiskey. You know, yeah, the whiskey yeah, bar yeah. is second to none. I said, maybe we can do a live podcast in the whiskey bar. Sure. So they went, yeah. I'm count me up. Come in. Yep. Uh, so all those, I, yep. uh, I thought I'd get your permission first to do some sound uh, bites. Really? Go for it, yeah. Then I think I might I just say to the boys. I know some of the people who are organizing it, so yeah. they're, they're amazing. Because so. the uh, speaker dinner is on the first night this time. They did it afterwards last time. Okay. But this year they're doing it first, so that means I'll be... Dangerous. Dangerous. I'll, be, I'll have that second night in that yeah. bar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, it's been my bloody room card that will end up paying for it. It's good job my missus never listens to this podcast and hear me <laughs> saying that I'll be picking that bill up. But Oops, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah, so I screwed up a bit there, but they enjoyed themselves. Yeah. Yeah, right. Ignite. Can it be interesting? Oh, no. Uh, SharePoint Saturday, Belgium. I didn't know whether that was before or afterwards. No, that was gonna yeah, be my yeah. That's question. in October. SharePoint Saturday, yeah. Belgium, where we will be doing a live podcast. A live podcast. Yes. So if what you fancy seeing us in action, just <laughs> drop, a, drop by. Yeah. What whiskey? I'd love to be able to try and get that mm. AI-designed whiskey. I probably should follow the up Macmira. with that. Yeah. yeah. Well, there uh, the the last uh, thing I heard about that is that it is now available to pre-order. It is available yeah. in the US. I heard the same thing. Yeah. So, well, we'll see. All right. Anyway, that's enough whiskey. We wanted yeah. to go back in, on a subject that we've covered before and try and get into it in earnest, mm-hmm. if Ernest sure. doesn't mind. Um, which was the baseline governance. Yeah. Yeah. So this I really a- feel like this is. The baseline governance is a topic that is not talked about enough. No, it isn't. And, so and there, there are so many people talking about adoption. There are so many people talking about all kinds of specific things, but not really governance-wise. And then definitely not this kind of practical governance. I'll give you an example of how practical governance kind of failed a little bit. I had a, I had a story. Um, mm-hmm. 
about a team of people that are putting Office 365 out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got all the managers and it was actually an agile organization. So it's purchase uh, product owners, sorry, and uh, scrum masters. And mm-hmm. the head of the tribe for end user services suddenly phoned all his POs up and said, I need to see you now because Outlook's gone down. Nobody is getting their email. Okay. So oh, wow. Sort okay. it out. Yeah. You know, use it as an example of how you guys can work together. And he made a really big thing of doing this. Straight in there, pulled the POs in immediately Boom. as an yeah. exercise mm-hmm. and said, okay, so work out your plan, talk to each other, work out what you're going to do. So somebody said, um, have you tried anything else? Well, what do you mean? Have you uh, browsed Google? Oh, I can't get online. Oh, so actually it's not to do with Outlook at all. The oh. internet connection's gone down. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How so, many times I had issues like that? So mm-hmm. baseline governance, practical, hard-nosed governance. Mm-hmm. So where are the six things you check when one of your services fails? If you, you know, if you haven't gone down that line, how the hell are you ever going to get on top of how much storage do we give people in our OneDrive for business? You know, how much, <laughs> uh, you know, how do we retain all of our important data? How do we put in, you know, um, compulsory access for you know, uh, legal and yeah. how do we do e-discovery? All those really complex baseline stuff if you've not got your baseline governance sorted out. But it was True. really funny to hear the story. I thought, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. So baseline governance, this is going to be a two-part podcast. Sure. Because we want to try and talk about all of the apps one way or another. Yeah, and we and don't want to have this as a two-hour podcast. We would nah. fall asleep. We couldn't wait that long. We have the choice of whiskey to make, so we mm-hmm. couldn't do that. True. And then we also want to uh, take some of these apps and focus on them in future podcasts with some scenario stuff. True, yes. How we would take it from a baseline governance through to something more detailed. Yeah, and, and let's uh, have some, some examples and, and some market examples and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. I think we'll be asking people to talk about, uh, give us some thoughts or scenarios maybe yeah. and, uh, and work them through. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. the plan. So I guess we need to maybe define what baseline governance is first. Sure. Yeah. All right. Me going to start. You going to start. I'll start. Well, you yeah. still. Go you, ahead. You were looking yeah. at. Uh, no, you were looking no. At I the think sky. I think we did that like 15 episodes ago that we talked about baseline governance. Yeah, as a reminder. Um, yeah. It's and that gut feel governance. It's that. Yeah. Hey. It's like the, the first the first few questions that you need to answer to get a bunch of things straight. Correct. And 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 the straw man that you build and then work out whether it's the right way to go or not, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, uh, what applications am I going to roll out? Yeah. Uh, all of them. No, not really. Be practical. You know, it's, it's not to the vision or the strategy at this point. It's okay. We need, well, but there, now that you say like, what do we want to roll out? That's that itself is a discussion worth having countless hours and countless whiskeys over. But from a baseline perspective, you look at your organization and you make a good feel based upon, sure. you know, so. Yeah. But on the other hand, you want to say, okay, I want to empower my employees. So I want to give them all the tools that are available for them to do their, the things that they need to do. But don't so, you but, know what they are? Well, that's, that's the whole trade-off. Yeah, but you can say, so. you can say my organization needs this and this and this. Okay. And yes, I know in my gut, my heart of hearts that, that's what they need and I know which mm. ones they'll accept well and I know ones that won't based upon what you know about the organization and you start you with should. that yeah. you baseline should. governance yeah. says you know I kind of know where I'm going to go with this so instead of then trying so to does, does that mean you kind of know already where you're going with this does that mean you have a vision and a strategy defined you have something to test mm-hmm. it may not have turned into a vision it may not have turned into a strategy but you know where you want to start. And as consultants, and I certainly the way that we work, because I've seen us do this, that baseline governance is a natural phenomenon to us. I used to design data networks, you know, mm-hmm. in the days of X25, and Ooh, which shows you some how old I bloody am. Yeah. But, you know, you sit there and go, hey, I've got an office in London, I've got an office in Paris, I've got two little outlying offices here and there. Mm-hmm. As you're talking about it, you're building this network in your mind. You, you're looking at the routing tables for the, you know, you, you're yeah, doing yeah. that. And Office 365, when you've got the amount of years experience we have, 
you look at a company and you go, hey, you need da 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 yeah? Mm-hmm. And, starting, and instead of starting off with those five whys, why am I doing this? Yeah. We have a starting point. So baseline governance is knowing where you're starting from. And then all you have to do is test against it. Hey, that was the right decision. That's the wrong decision. This will go well. That won't go well. Putting email out first is too big a risk. Putting email out is a must, you know. Yeah, it, it, and you it, it always, them as you go further like, for, on. like this example, like for exchange to move to online, for me, that always was a was a, 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 a easy, yeah, and a too easy decision. Like this is so easy to do, but then last six months, I encountered a number of companies uh, where going uh, to exchange online was just a no go. So uh, last week, I was at a customer, and they said, "Well, we can't go uh, to exchange online because we are using some kind of." SAP add-on, and that's not compatible with uh, Exchange Online. And so that made the decision for you? That made the decision for them to not go to Exchange Online just yet. And was that something that took three months to investigate or three weeks to investigate, or was the clever people around the table went, hey, we can't do that because? Yeah. Baseline governance. Yeah. I'm trying to do the same with a, a bunch of stuff at the moment to, to clients. Uh, we need to work out uh, how to go to OneDrive for Business. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they've been talking about this for nine months. Wow. Okay. Because the the initial baseline governance was, well, this is easy. We only ever use our personal drives for personal data. So they're not very big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we accepted that. That was the baseline yeah. governance. When we tested it, we turned out that actually the personal drive uh, has a My Documents folder, mm-hmm. which is synchronized between the laptop and Citrix, so both of them point to it. Okay. And some files are synchronized. So the only one we synchronize to Citrix is the file called My Documents, but people can upload into the rest of the drive. So you had a bunch of files that were only on the laptop, a bunch oh. of files that were on both, mm-hmm. and a bunch of files you only saw in Citrix. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. that baseline I, I, governance yeah. got us a long way in terms of the design, but now all of a sudden, when we started to test it, get the right people around the room, mm-hmm. work out what you need to do, so that we can come up with a solution of what we use our migration tool to migrate. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and we have five weeks. Oh, because you have been talking about it for nine months. Now you only have five yep. weeks to deliver. Because the. Yeah. But do you need to migrate the current stuff? Uh, that's another conversation that is being added, added as well. Yeah. So, but yes, we are migrating the, the, the current stuff. We have a 2020 strategy. So this mm-hmm. idea of the vision and the strategy that says we need to remove a bunch of data from our networks because its end of life is in two years. Mm-hmm. So the less we can put on there and move into the cloud, the smaller NAS box that can be bought to do True. things like apps yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So that's where and the on the other hand, in. you're already paying for your licenses in Office 365. Why not make the best of them? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So baseline governance then is that gut feel, tested, gives you the direction. So all of the decisions you make are based around something that might be 80% right. Yeah. But it's better than having lots of questions and, and yeah. no answers. But then how do you come to those uh, baseline questions? So... Your customer says, okay, this is our problem. We think this part of Office 365 might be a solution. Um, how, do, how do you then come up with those, with those questions? Is that your gut feel tested against the customer? So you say, okay, I think you should do, for example, with OneDrive, uh, because you're using Citrix, uh, you need to do this, this, and this. And um, the customer will say, okay, I think this and this and this is a good idea. This is not possible because of X, Y, Z. And then you go really into practical tests. Yeah, it's phased. It's mm-hmm. definitely phased. Um, I think that most customers say, we're going to Office 365. And that's it. That's all they know. They're just going to yeah. go to Office yeah. 365. Because yeah. it so was then a you've got to try management and, yeah, or purchasing whatever. decision. And- yep. Um, and I think with uh, that Citrix decision, I think a lot of companies go, yeah, no, people need to get to it in Citrix and they need to get to it in the laptop. Mm-hmm. And how are they going to do that? Uh, baseline or MVP in this case was they're going to go to web browser in Citrix. Mm-hmm. And of course, we'll sync onto the laptop for 
the laptop users. Yeah. Um, and then so do you have like half of them using Citrix and the other half using laptops, or are just they using way, way more a laptop with the Citrix? So they're using they use Citrix because that's just what they did. It was an extra layer of security, mm-hmm. extra login to another, you know, another yeah. multi-factor authentication. But of course, Citrix has its issues, and so yeah, new management want to move out of it and use laptops in a real environment okay. and use video mm-hmm. and stuff. But they're still using a lot of their kind of transactional data where their data, data, data and their IPR and all that kind of stuff is oh, stored yeah. mm-hmm. in Citrix because it's an extra login. So oh, yeah. you log onto yeah. your laptop and yeah. then you need to be online. Like the really VPN secure in. stuff needs to be behind an extra safe. Yeah. When we talk about MFA, mm-hmm. we talk about MFA. Okay. <laughs> Offense, 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 to jump, jump through the door, open the lock, and then, oh, I get to the service. You know, but All right. The, yeah. yeah, fintechs are like that. Um, yes, I, I, and it's good that way as well. Yep. So our exercise, which we've talked uh, uh, too much about already, I'm not even sure how long we're going for because this new uh, tool we have, oh, now I can see a time. Uh, I'm working a new mixing desk, which actually works in bars of music rather than time, but no, we've, uh, we've done 20 <laughs> minutes, so we're cool. So we've got All some. Right. Uh, we've got our applications here uh, laid out on, in front of us, just to do baseline governance based upon what kind of organisation. Do we want to match it against something? So we we need to sort of uh, have as an example. So pharmaceutical. I've, I've. It's a long time since I've done pharmaceutical. Have you? Yeah, yeah. I've done. I've done a pharma company okay. in June, May, June All right. this year. So we'll, so, we'll yeah. say that it's a pharma company, international. Yeah. 10,000 people. Yeah. Leading leading edge yeah, biotech. Something like that. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's uh, let's choose one of the apps. I'm you've got the longer lead, so I'm going to let you choose an app. Choose one of them for now. Uh well, uh the the the, the ones the one closest to me is Outlook. Okay, so we're going to pull so, Outlook. Yeah. Email, calendar, tasks, people, all the personal tools. Yeah. All right. So like personal productivity. Yeah. So from an Outlook perspective, uh, what do you know about it? I do know it's the must-go application. I know. but and That's that's what just, everybody goes for. Yeah, but that doesn't yeah. mean it has to be rolled out first. So in this organization with 10,000 people, doing Outlook would be a big ask. Yes. Yes. So for me... It will be a major undertaking. Yeah, exactly. So when I look at from a baseline governance on Outlook, uh, obviously I need to work out where my email is now. Yeah. You need to migrate stuff across. Uh, you've archive. got to uh, deal with the archives. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a big ask. Yes. But you've got to balance that against the fact that it will make everybody instantly start moving on to Office 365. Yeah. And, and it now will also they can... save money on all the existing servers. Yes, absolutely. So they can get rid of a number of servers, but they also have like a better mobility. So they can now just uh, read their emails easier on their phones, for example. So where's the business value? Well, I guess for people that are on the road, like the sales representatives. A lot of them uh, in pharma. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I think they, uh, they will benefit a lot uh, from this. Uh, but also for just like the, the normal uh, administrative people that they can work from home maybe easier uh, because they have access to their uh, email and their, their information. True. So if we do Outlook... Uh, mm-hmm. In my mind, I always try and do Outlook first. Mm-hmm. It's a big ask. You get all the resources up front that you need to do the job because yeah. it is a big ask. You get all your authentication done. Yeah. All right. You get your MDM platforms done because mm-hmm. you want to go mobile. Um, yeah. So for me, um, baseline governance, yes, it's the hardest work and the highest risk, but it's the biggest return. Yes. There's because if your governance. email is not working... Yeah, business yeah. is lost, yeah. So there's my baseline governance. Mm-hmm. So if I need to present this quickly to the management, my baseline governance says, look, all right, you have a choice here. The highest risk, biggest return, biggest value return, yeah. and it sets you up for anything else that you move forward on. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, one thing has to come first. It does, all right. And Outlook might be a really good one. Uh, and if it's done right, the end user doesn't notice it, doesn't notice it at all. No, it all depends where you're coming from, of course. Yeah. So a lot of variations on this. Absolutely. Like if you're coming from Lotus Notes, ouch. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Actually, yeah. where else would you come from nowadays? I guess uh, like uh, an, an, ex- an older exchange 
platform. On-premise exchange. Yeah, maybe a, a, a G Suite, pitch, then, maybe a, a Gmail uh, or well, G Suite. Yeah, G Suite, G Suite. Yeah, Suite, G Suite. Yeah, that that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the green suit. Yeah. Uh, yes, if it's exchange, it's easy though, isn't it? You just hybrid and migrate them across. Yeah, simple. <laughs> you would you would think that it is pretty simple, but to be honest, I'm not an exchange or an Outlook expert, so. I don't know what kind of things uh, are need to be handled there, but so in terms of decision making on the old Outlook, it depends how strong they are with the email inside their organization, what kind of skills they have, yeah, you know whether they want to go through that pain, yeah. Uh, so for example, that um, that uh, pharma customer that I had, uh, they now were running on an older exchange, and everyone had a, just a one gigabyte mailbox. So everyone was creating these uh, PST archives yes. just to be able to get more data in there. So, of course, that is something that you need to handle as well. And it's a big advantage. You suddenly get 25 gigabytes plus mailbox. Yeah, or even more. But still, what do you do with the older PST files? Do you Import them. Yeah, something like that. Or link to them. Yeah. But there's, again, those decisions are further down the line. Mm-hmm. So based upon what we've talked about here, for me... Well, it is uh, further down the line. It depends why they want to move to the new Outlook. If they want to move to the new Outlook because they said, okay, we're going uh, for Office 365 anyway, but we now have this limitation of a one gigabyte mailbox and everyone is storing PST files and information is getting lost and that is a business priority, then... That would be on the list of our baseline governance. So baseline governance, in terms of getting to a decision quickly, have we said enough already that says, you know, Outlook would be a big business value and it would tick off a lot of current problems. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, more hard work. Yes. Okay, so yeah. in, that's cool then. So in less than uh, eight minutes, we've worked out that we need to migrate to Outlook first. Could be, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah no, no yeah, come no. on, stop being yeah, a consultant. Yeah. You're yeah. going to tell me it depends in a minute. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can get in every color you want as long as it's black. Yes. But we've already got enough information now to put two slides together that allows the decision makers in the business with say, enough information yeah. to go. And it's, yeah. all right, we've had to know a bit about the company. So we've met, course, perhaps course. spent a day or two talking to people, yes. but... You know, mm-hmm. I just love baseline governance. Mm-hmm. All right, let's choose a more difficult one. One note. One note. Um, to be honest, with the whole change of OneNote no longer being in the office suite and being in part of Windows right now, um, I've been using it and it it's a big change. <clears throat> so um, I'm not super fond of it. The one from Windows, I like the one from uh, Office much better. So but that's the client. I, I know, what yeah. What about the service? This is a cloud-based OneNote service that you either enable or don't. Can you disable it? Uh, no, I've but got you no don't idea, have but to. Do you, you want to actively to have, promote it? Yeah. yeah, you don't have to have the button on the front here. Yeah, okay. So uh, if you put it on the front, you end up connecting to a OneNote server, don't you? Yeah. So I'm just in there reminding myself here because I can't find it. I never use it here. No, me neither. No. I, for, anyway. me, for me, the thing about uh, baseline governance I always start from on OneNote is quite simple. I have lost people's data purely because it gets corrupt when you try and move the flipping thing. Yes. Yeah. If you don't move it, if it turns out to be a big file, it can be all kinds of headaches. So I, you know. Yes. I always get nervous with OneNote. Well, this pisses people off when their OneNotes don't work anymore. That is absolutely true. Yeah. Yes, because we, for that pharma company, we did a switch to new office clients. And one of the, like, let's say 30% of the questions that came in were about uh, my older OneNote, OneNote files that, that were not accessible anymore. Now, it turned out that those OneNote files were actually stored on a SharePoint site. And the SharePoint site wasn't there anymore, or they didn't have access to the SharePoint site anymore. So it was backed up on their previous client, so they could still see the information, but it was not synced anymore. Yeah. But now they had the new client, and it didn't come up anymore. 
I think this is one of the reasons why OneNote is not a client, because it was finicky. It was, you know, well, it had I its store- issues. Let's just say it had its issues. We're talking about baseline governments here. We're not going into the details. No, no, absolutely. But, but for me, um, I always say, you want to do OneNote? Create yourself a SharePoint group. Yes, click on, click and then you get a OneNote, and that's shared with everyone. Else. Yeah, and true. then then literally export and import. It. You know, take what you've got on your client and yeah. import it in, or connect it, and then just drag and drop the pages across. Yeah, because that's that's actually like OneNote has two big parts. Like the one part is your own personal productivity; the other one is working together on information. Yeah, and I hate people doing that. I, I you know, my advice to them is, you know. If two of you are sharing a, a OneNote file, mm-hmm. then why are you not sharing a SharePoint site and, and making it more stable, versioned, and everything else? Playing around in OneNote just because you can is fine. Are you prepared to lose whatever you have in there? And and I only keep saying this because of all the files I've had trouble with, it's always OneNote that doesn't migrate well, doesn't copy but across. Are those the OneNotes that you store on your machine or the OneNotes that come from a SharePoint environment? Here's the thing. My experience is that you never know because users boot okay. the thing up locally themselves. Yeah, yeah. And everything else. They just create a new uh, OneNote so, notebook and done. Yeah. So my baseline governance, unless I'm convinced otherwise, if you want a OneNote file, you either connect to the OneNote service as mm-hmm. and when it's around, uh, or you create an Office 365 yeah. group and you bang a notebook yeah. and away you go. And then I'm comfortable with delivering that as a service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Makes sense. It does. Not that many people agree. The users go, but I always want to get it on my phone and I want to get it on my laptop. Well, you can't actually. Not easily. But you could if you put it in an Office 365 group. Yes. True. I'm sure okay. there's some OneNote experts listening to this going, what bullshit, boys? <laughs> I never had these kinds of problems. Yeah, mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. Uh, voice of experience. Yeah. So OneNote okay. is an interesting one because uh, I think it's incredibly powerful and I do use it myself, Yeah. but I tend to only use it for uh, uh, when it's based backed off to a SharePoint site or a group because yeah. I just mm-hmm. never have problems then. No, true. So. No, well, or they're linked to my OneDrive, but. Yeah, same thing. And yeah, that's yeah. more and more stable nowadays. No. I, I yeah. don't agree with that. But I've also had one or two of those get corrupted when they try and synchronize down to your laptop. And then you've got synchronization on synchronization. Because you, oh, you're yeah, offline, yeah, yeah. you mm-hmm. update your OneNote. Yeah, you and the other one is also down, updates. And... and then all of a sudden you've got two things that are not compatible anymore. Well, that's not really true. Most no, of the yeah. time it well, works, but yeah. there are there can be problems. And they're getting better at it, I think. But. True. Absolutely. Yeah. The, there you go. All right. Does that bring us to OneDrive? I think it possibly does. OneDrive for business. Yes. Actually, it's a bloody awesome package. It is. As a service. It is. Oh. Again, and it's By the way, been... did you listen to the new OneDrive for business podcast? Somebody else pointed out. Who told me that? Uh, Dimitri said, hey, there's a new podcast yeah. come out. I, but yeah. I haven't listened to it yet now. No, okay. And? You haven't listened to uh, it either. No, no, I did. I did. I did. <laughs> Um, it was good, but it, um, I think they, they need a few episodes to really get into it. Yeah. Do they drink uh, whiskey? No, they don't. Oh, well. Well, not on the show anyway. Not but, on the show. So they need to improve. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe they need, we need to do a joint one and, uh. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll absolutely. Together. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. One drive for business. Yes. Baseline governance. Yeah. Easy. They get one terabyte. Sure. Yeah. And no external sharing. Well, that's that's for me the one big question about OneDrive is that do you want to open it up for uh, sharing with external people? Yes or no? Uh, do you currently share with external people? Yeah. Are they on your Active Directory? Ah. Then baseline the governance yeah. says, do I delay OneDrive for business until I get my external accounts? governance sorted out on my active directory or do i roll out without external sharing and enable it in phase two mm-hmm. good quick and easy to answer questions yes yes absolutely the the danger of course is if you don't want to uh, enable that uh, external access that people will still be using their dropbox and box and whatever other service and and email documents and whatever um 
So there we go. So not only have we come up with a potential strategy for release in less than four minutes, we've also got a list of risks. Yes. So now the managers, yeah, the business if, that you go to... If they don't have it, uh, if they don't have a, a company-wide solution like this, they will already be using Dropbox and Box and Agreed. whatever. Yeah, we so, transfer and things so like that. One of the advantages of Office 365 is that we can remove all of those services or we can connect to them. So oh, you can, okay. you can okay. enable them, okay. connect to them, because you're not losing any security. At this moment in time, it's the same as you have today, i.e. Do you mean you like have external connect services. to Dropbox? Or? Yeah, you can put connectors in, can't you, to these services? Yeah, you can, but these Dropbox instances will probably be free ones, uh, where Possibly. you don't have the same security and you don't have the, you don't own the data because it's the free service and you actually give the data away to Dropbox. Yeah, but ultimately like you will want to change all of that, won't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of it course, just, it course, just means that, okay, to be assessed, I agree with you. I, no, no, I, I said it without really thinking it through, but maybe the connector is the way forward. Maybe it's not. Um, but Could be, yeah. For me, um, I already now understand this. Wow, it's a bit conceited. <laughs> You're getting no. somewhere close, aren't you? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, no or do external sharing. And let's be honest, Enabling external sharing is not particularly difficult. It's not. No, it is. It there are some disadvantages to this, though, to be considered, which might take another couple of minutes, and that means talking to your security team and finding out what their default standards are for their network data. Okay. Uh, are you, boys and girls, uh, <clears throat> enabling conditional access? Oh, yes. Yes, all of our data, our firewalls will only allow you in if you are from one of our IP addresses and da 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 da, da. Like From this whitelist, yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're doing that, then your conditional access for external access becomes a bigger process. Again, not impossible, True. No. Um, but you no. need to have a good solid process for external yeah. access. Yeah. So if I want to roll my Office 365 out quickly, then I basically do it with as few bells and whistles as possible and have yes. an active program. And imagine your adoption is easy. I'm giving you value here. I'm giving you OneDrive for business and you can have it in six weeks. This is what you can do with it. Dang, Not dang, dang. even six weeks. Let's say three weeks, two weeks. Yeah, it all depends on the connectivity to the cloud and, yeah. and uh, internet access yeah. and stuff. But you're right. It's quickly, but with some limitations. True, yeah. And what about the join then... a mover lever program for uh, OneDrive? What about your join a mover lever process? Join, move, leave. Yeah, join, oh, yeah, move, yeah. leave. When so people uh, leave join the company, the company move the company. OneDrive shares. Uh, well, you have that basic uh, default uh, retention uh, policy of 21 days when you leave the company. So when you leave the company, you have, uh, your boss gets 21 days access to your files. Uh, but yeah, what do you want to do with those? Do you want to archive these? Uh, do you want to keep those somewhere on tape? Uh, do you want, uh, is it okay if you delete those? Big yeah. uh, part of the um, offboarding uh, question, yeah. And I think in terms of governance as well, I always have a question about, am I going to let people share long-term? Yes. Am I actually going to let, let people create folder shares that, mm-hmm. you know, they leave the company and all of a sudden the people that has been relying on access to that data suddenly doesn't have access to that data. Yeah. And you can't yeah. actually turn that off. You can't put a timer on internal sharing. You can put a timer no. on external yeah. sharing, mm-hmm. but on internal sharing. So now you're into a policy compliance and policies and saying, hey, this share has been up for 30 days and using that as a trigger to kick off a workflow and mm-hmm. break the share down yeah. or something. But it is a good, it is something you need to organize. Good question. And the yeah. balance is, hey, we give you all these features where you can share yourself and make your own decisions. Mm-hmm. But of course, there are some questions about that. Yeah, with great power comes great responsibility. And that was my Spider-Man quote for the day. That's just yes. the one? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what's your second Spider-Man quote then? Do you e- know another one? No, actually, I don't. <laughs> so actually, you no. meant to say that's my only Spider-Man quote. It is, it is. And I will use anyway. it today. Yes. Uh, but uh, also a really good question about OneDrive is that uh, because most of the companies probably let their users have a personal drive. Uh, and so then the question would be... Um, about migration. If we were going to roll out OneDrive for business, um, how are we going to migrate the the personal uh, files and the personal drives? I don't know. 
No, no, no. It's a question like, is, is IT going to handle those or are the users going to do them, them themselves? Oh, I never like users doing it themselves. No, it's true. But yeah, then yeah. again, if you like what I had on a, with a customer a few years ago is that uh, the union had a big complaint that um, the personal drive was meant to be personal. And if IT had to had access to that drive, even if it was just to copy it over, that would violate that personal nature of the drive. We, uh, what I always do, and I've, it's funny enough, I've done it this week, uh, is I change the usage of the OneDrive. So everybody has personal drives, okay? Mm-hmm. This yep. has, and uh, hey, no, it's personal drive. You're not allowed to go into it. You're not allowed to do this and do the other. And then when we look at it, actually, it's storing all their files from everywhere. So it's not yeah. really yeah, a personal no, it's drive. It's just a big trash. It's got company data in here. Yep. So. So uh, I've just created a document for the governance board to say we need to rebrand the usage of OneDrive for business. Mm-hmm. So we need to say this is owned by the company. It is okay? true. The same thing with your uh, personal yeah. files. Yeah, and if you uh, first if you personal drive, yeah. if you have something that is personal, you need to tag it with this tag. And so we create a label in mm-hmm. the uh, compliance and policies. And uh, that allows us to put a policy on it that basically says it can't be accessed or it needs to be identified or there's a process for it. And then we run a report. So the unions get that a report that shows that brilliant. anything that is personal, uh, look, these are the people that has had access to it, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But we All also right. encourage people not to put their personal stuff no, on No, of there. course, because in the end, this this is and it stays company property. So you don't want to put your pictures of your holiday travels or whatever on it. Yeah. Because it is company property. Even if you get one terabyte of data, mm. which is absurd. Absorb, absurd. Yes, that. A lot. Uh, yes. And of course, it's not. that's just the baseline now, isn't it? You can actually just put 25 terabytes of data yeah, if you want. and go with it. Yeah. And if it's you ask crazy. Microsoft nicely, they'll give you even more with no cost. All right, so, I think we should do one more. We've done 40-odd minutes so far, so I think okay. um, we need to do one more. Well, so, let's do Sway. Sway. We, I, I think. So we're going to save think, for next podcast. We, we're going to save some really cool the, ones. All the hard ones. Teams, all the hard ones. Stream power platform. Sway. Talk to me yeah. about Sway. Sway. Well, I think we can be very Moonlight brief about. Becomes, it goes. I'm just swaying here. Oh, swaying. Okay. Ladder. No, I think Sorry. we can be pretty brief about that because there's not a lot of options in Sway. Last time I checked. Baseline governance. Which I have to say, it's been a year since I checked Sway. Isn't it? Still stored in Seattle, Washington, and not actually in Europe. Could be. So one of the things to check. Yes. Is Yam that a is problem? moving, so Sway's possibly moving, yeah. but I think Data if you sovereignty. have a, Yeah, that's mm-hmm. part of one of those issues that we need to worry about. Yeah. Uh, or not. Mm-hmm. Um, is it not just PowerPoint? Ah, uh, well, that's, well... It, that's the, a whole different discussion. But no, it's not. For, it's baseline for me, governance. Just for me, need Sway doesn't... Does, I, I can't really see the business value of Sway. When I want to present something, I use PowerPoint. Okay. And I, I, no, I, I really can't see why I would be using a Sway instead of a PowerPoint. Is that because we're old? Probably. Well, I am anyway. Well, we're looking at all my gray hair and now my beard is getting a bit longer so I can see the gray hairs in my beard as well. Oh, no, I, no, definitely. Tell me about it, Moraine. So how are you feeling nowadays? This old, age thing. Very old. <laughs> to be honest, uh, on Monday I stepped into the pharmacist. I thought you were going to um, say I stepped into some shit on the way into work. I thought, no. that, I mean, this is going to be a funny story. <laughs> it's on the way to the forum. No, um, uh, no I actually went to the pharmacist to, um, and, and the, lady, the lady burst out laughing because I asked for something to remove the morning stiffness. <laughs> and she was looking at me like is this guy serious yeah but I, I meant to say my my knees and my hands they all feel like like um if you what's the word in english that i'm looking for so your hands Blimey. feel stiff yes my my knees when i get out of bed in the morning i don't have the full range of flexibility in there so that's what i want to ask but then, but then she got wrong. me yeah she got me some curcuma extract whatever so and then i i went outside and i was like oh i feel so old now you know i think it's because you drink too much mushroom coffee that's bad. <laughs> it has a bad effect on your joints i was actually thinking yesterday like oh when i'm going to ignite i really need to bring a bag of mushroom coffee for anachu 
Yes. I really need to do that. Yes. Yeah. Must do that. Sway. Sway. See, yes. See, Let's Sway has already taken us into flower it sways power us away out there. Yes. I mean, let's be honest. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool way of displaying content in a web format without having to create it as a file like PowerPoint. And yeah, then but why? Is, is why? <laughs> How often do you God, want to just why? say to people, go here and learn about this? You know? How, how to... Stupidly, how to upload a document into a SharePoint library. Yeah, but isn't this the age of video where I could just point people to a YouTube video and just say, look, this is in one minute and 40 seconds how you do it instead of read this five-page document or this 20-slide PowerPoint, whatever. Okay, so baseline governance, and then we won't be doing sway. No. <laughs> I can't, I can't <laughs> I find no. a reason. <laughs> I can't right, find a reason cool, cool. why you would. All right, so Sway's dead. <laughs> Can we kill anything else off here? Video. Stream? I'm stream. not talking about, but video, yes. No, video is is, is moving into stream. So uh, uh, they're actually moving it uh, as we speak. Yeah. Uh, so there's a bunch of people that got uh, emails uh, that their videos a, were going to I went to, to a move. client the other day, and I looked at their apps, and um, they'd got stream and video next to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But why, why do you have those things here? Well, video, stream, is, that's our video service. You don't get this, do you? <laughs> no. Yeah. Choose one. All yeah. right? Choose stream, because yeah. yeah. video is going to disappear. It is, yeah. But... Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. All now, right, cool. I'm, I'm actually thinking, well, what, what would be the next one to go? Like we saw Kaisala and we saw Shift well, going into list. Teams. I love Kaisala. No, but they're all going into Teams. So what would be the next one to move into Teams? By the way, now that we're talking about Teams, have you seen the new calendar in Everybody teams. is having orgasms about this calendar. <laughs> you, you look on Twitter at all these, and they go, oh, I've got this beautiful, no, we beautiful talked about calendar. That. We, we did. We talked about that in a few episodes I ago. I listened to that podcast actually yeah. over the weekend when I was working on uh, on moving stuff across onto this. And yes, oh, you, poor right, you. We did. Oh. No, no, no. no. I, I like our podcast. Yeah. And, and yeah, we were talking about that. Like, oh, they said this was going to come in April or in May, but then it's it still not out. there now. It's finally there. Yes, it is there. Nice. I haven't looked at it, but I have seen it. And, yeah. Uh, anyway. But yes, uh, so no, my, my question is then like, what, what would be the next one to move into Teams? I've got no idea. Anyway, we'll, we'll figure that one out Next later. podcast. Yeah. I want to taste one of these whiskeys. Definitely. How are we going to choose? Well, you know... Um, because as I said earlier, uh, of the podcast, um, I'll, I have that old Balantron with me. Um, so you're going to take it away again is what yes, you're saying. Yes. So now I brought it all the way from Antwerp to Brussels. But I really want you to taste that eye leech. That eye leech is just you know what? absolutely let's, let's, magic. Let's have a double one. Let's have sure. a double. Yeah, sure. Let's, let's compare the Eye Leech, which is a proper Isla whiskey. Correct, a mystery un, one. From an yeah. undisclosed distillery versus a peated space site that actually tastes like an Isla whiskey. All right, fine. You've got the longer mic. I'll let you choose and pour. Good. Cool. So you're going to start off with... Do, do you want to blind taste those? No, you already drank the Eye Leech, so... Yeah, you no. probably know what it tastes like. So. Let's stick with uh, just just start off with yours, yes. and then we'll finish up right. with each. All Blantrian ten years, yes. I'm just uh, so for those of you that don't know, I use Flavia F L A V I A R. I have an account with them, which means that they send me a new bottle every quarter, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, but it also is where I put my uh, my. Have, they, have in. they decided to sponsor us already? Uh, I asked them, and they said, "Bugger off." Okay. <laughs> and apparently Old Belantrian isn't in their current stock, but let's just see what it says. So sweet, peaty, sweet, vanilla, smoking sweet are the most prominent flavors. It's distilled by Tomintal. Yes, Tomintal. true. And the, the fun fact is it's actually in, it's a Speyside whiskey it is, and it's yeah. in the Glenlivet region. Ooh. So it's very close to the other ones. All right. Let's have a yeah. cool. And the water is coming from the Belantrian spring and it contributes to this remarkable single malt. It's using heavily uh, peated uh, malted barley uh, in the traditional way, and it is uh, sleeping for 10 years in hand-picked oak barrels and bottled at 50% volume and using um, no-chill filtration. Um, and so it's got a lot of peat, uh, peaty flavors in there. 
It is. Oh no, no, oh no. It is, it is. Because Yes. So so the Yes, because actually <laughs> this weekend <laughs> you're I'm talking, talking to, to the, the glass, glass again. again. Oh. This is ludicrous. No, I can't because take the, it away the from fun the fun fact was this weekend I was out with some friends uh having a weekend off uh somewhere and I bought I, I brought both that um uh, Balantron with me and also that telescope portrait yep. that we talked about a few um uh episodes ago as well. And um the fun thing was I drank that Balantron first and that really ruined the the portrait that was coming after it, it would because do, yeah. it just dominates the whole flavor and the whole taste in your mouth. Okay, so here's my guarantee. Fun fact, when you taste the eye leech next, that will not happen. Okay, okay, okay. All right, because, 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 because. Uh, so that old Balantron... The reason why I bought that one is I was looking at a, a whiskey website, uh, deciding uh, which one I wanted to go and buy. And somebody in the remarks from that old Balantron said, this uh, tastes like Ardbeck whiskey. And I have to say, I, I can honestly taste it. If I, was, if, if I didn't know what I was drinking and I had to make a guess, I would go with a Lafroig or with an Ardbeck. Interesting, because I would never go with a Lefroig. Not for this. It's okay. not, not deep enough. Really? No, I don't think so. But it has that... Ooh, it's, it is, on the aftertaste, though, it's got a really smoky aftertaste. You have yeah. to wait about 10 seconds. Yeah. And it just keeps it on going. It is a crazy aftertaste. I really like this one. And I have to say, this is, I this is probably going to be one of my um, default whiskies because the price is pretty okay, uh, price uh, point wise, and I I get a really nice vibe from this one. So what is that? About forty, forty-five? No, Less? no, 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 no. It's fifty. No, it's fifty Oh. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. It's, so it's around 40 euros. Yeah. So the Eilich is the same price. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, to be honest, Artbeek and Lefroig are also in that price uh, range. There are. But, it's amazing, uh, actually. Yeah. There's a lot of really good... Uh, I mean, we talk about the Lagavulin, mm -hmm. uh, which I saw at Stupid Price coming through the port in Calais the other day. Oh, we, we had was, that as well uh, yeah. a few months ago. Yeah. It was actually 15 euros cheaper than when you yeah. would somewhere else. So when we come mm -hmm. back from Leicester, mm -hmm. uh, we're driving yeah. through the port. <laughs> yeah. We must buy it on the way back though, not on the way up. No, 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 absolutely. No, true. So, yeah. So um, what does it say about the color? So uh, it says it's rich gold. And I would say it's more like a morning pea color. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. So next time, my, my, because now I'm old, and if I go to the doctor and he asks me about the color of my urine in the morning, I can say it's rich gold. Yeah, it looks yes. like a ballotrum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it says gently spicy with uh, smoky peat uh, on the nose, um, balanced by a sweeter creamy core. Uh, so definitely, yeah, peaty smokiness, um, cream sweet. Uh, malty, and I don't, I don't get the sweet vanilla either. No, you would think that it would be there because of the, uh, because of the barrel type, but no. I don't think absolutely. it touches the uh, Lafrey quarter cask that we touched oh, on a few months ago. No, no, no. That's a whole category on its own. It is, yeah, yeah. But this is like the default Ardbeg that you taste. So, what I think we should do is next time if we drink this, we should drink this and we should drink an Ardbeg and we should compare notes around how similar these two are. Mm. So I love the aftertaste on this. I really do. The, yeah. uh, the, it goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. But the second taste, the, the first taste was really good, nice and smoky. The second one is... The after is a little sweeter, but what is nice about it is it's not your traditional peated whiskey. It is not. I, no. I, I honestly think it is a little bit different. Yes. And I, I was talking to you a few months ago about my, my favorite Irish, my Connemara. Mm -hmm. 
Unfortunately, it's not my favourite anymore. I mean, even oh. it's probably not a go-to because the, the fashion is that the peated whiskies have kind of come to the fore and there's now... Um, yeah, I mean, I enjoy drinking it and I, I still drink it reasonably regularly. But there are just better drinks from there now. You said that after the podcast last time. You went, you know, it's not my favourite kind of peated whiskey. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I think there are there are some better peated whiskies, but the Connemara's been there for a long time. They've now sure, got the Tormor, yeah. mm-hmm. which is the heavily peated one, which I know you've not tasted yet. No. Um, but uh, we'll deal with that. But I like this. I like this, but I still think the, the Eye Leech is going to be a... Okay, okay, okay. An interesting one. Okay. Um, so but, I'll, so what uh, do you get out of it? I, I mean, I was trying to get lemon out of it, but I can't taste any of that, no, which is quite normal with a peated, no. which is I quite, get, quite I get different. lots of spices on the back of the throat. So a lot of spicy... Uh, yeah, it, it sets my, my mouth on fire. So I yeah. disp- in a spicy Indian curry way. So what happens if I put some water in there? Let's see, because it actually really changed the taste of the um, of the uh, the the like a villain that we it tasted. Did, yes. So now I'm really curious about uh, what it would do to this uh, old Balantron. It's a cool name. It sounds like something from Star Wars, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it does open it up a lot. My so. guess is it makes it slightly more smoky. Mm, no, it doesn't, but it is, it does give it a warmer, richer, no, not really richer, but a warmer mouthfeel. Okay. So much more like you have on that double wood. That double yeah. wood just gives you warmth and tranquility. Warm yes. yes. It's a cuddly and, and that's what this, uh, what water uh, right. does. I'm just going to, uh, I'll let you carry on finishing that taste. I'm going to get the other one open. Mm-hmm. So I was actually thinking of uh, maybe we should rinse the glasses. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. So Eilich is a proper... Um, oh, you're spilling it. Oh, no. Anyway, um, so Eilich is a really uh, proper uh, Isla malt uh, whiskey. And it is an undisclosed distillery, so it's it is, one of yes. those nine distilleries on Isla. Yeah, and it's, it's they this, don't want to say which one. Festival on Isla, this whiskey festival, where people are basically saying, "Let's buy a number of malts, and uh, and then we'll build, we'll create a new malt whiskey, and we'll I leach." Yeah. This is cast strength, so mm-hmm. this is fifty eight percent proof, which means Ooh. you get a kick out of it anyway. Yeah. Okay. But I just find this so subtle. When you add water to this, I said mm-hmm. to you earlier, yeah. you got to try this. Rich coffee taste is, is just amazing. Brilliant. Yeah, okay. but I'll play with that in a minute. Yeah. Anyway, you tell me what you think on this. Oh. I think this is a bigger kick and a bigger peaty kick than the one you've just had. Well, on the nose, it's, it's, it's kind of a closed nose. Toffee so you don't, smoke. You, yeah, you don't get a lot out of it. Uh, indeed, toffee, as you say. What's that? That Dutch um, sweet, uh, black sweet uh, thing that you can eat. What's that called? Drop. Oh, licorice. Uh, licorice. Yes, yeah, I get licorice. that. I get that as well. So let's uh, let's see how it tastes. Oh yeah, definitely a lot of that. <laughs> oh. Oh, that is that is very special. So you've That's got forty euros in your pocket. Taste. And you got two bottles in front of you. Which one are you going to buy? Oh, definitely the Balanch one. Really? Yeah, yes, yes. How can you ask bullshit? Yes. No, That's no, bullshit. really, no. How can, you got the same price of money. You've got way, way more kick in this whiskey. You've you got do. More depth that is in this true. Whiskey. Yeah, the, you got, the depth of yeah. this is just amazing. It goes, oh. No, but there's, there's a taste in it that I don't really enjoy. And I can't put my finger on it, what it is. My my third sip, I mean, there's burnt orange in here. Well, there is definitely something burning in there. <laughs> I think that is that is the taste that I that I don't really uh, particularly enjoy. No, I, I think I that is that is what it is. It is the there is some 
there's a burnt flavor in there. Something has burnt. Something has died and burned in there. <laughs> no, because I can, I can imagine that it will bring out coffee. I can really imagine that it would do that because that is maybe the, the burnt smell might be this, uh, the, the burnt taste might be this burnt Arabica coffee beans. That might be the thing that I'm... Stick it under your nose and stop talking. <laughs> yeah it's amazing isn't it the difference it, it amplifies that flavor and it is a flavor that i don't really enjoy i have to say that's cool so we both got 40 euros each you buy one bottle i buy the other yeah and then we continue this conversation for ever and ever probably yeah yeah i can live <laughs> with that yeah no i have to say no there is there is a taste in here that I don't really enjoy. Do you like licorice? No, I don't. There we go. <laughs> There's a clue. <laughs> no, but um, I, I, I love I, licorice. I see that this, this is, it is a very properly made whiskey and there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just not, not for me. Very close nose, very explosive on the mouth. Mm. Also long finish. But also a long finish that comes also in waves. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, it does. The problem I have with this is that I don't drink it that often. I don't just sorry, I don't drink it as quickly as the others because I just love the smell of this. The nose mm-hmm. is just adorable. It's getting better, isn't it? I can see the look on your face. No, I'm just trying to figure out what that taste is that I don't really like. Well, according to the official line. Mm-hmm. It's very peaty, smoky, and black pepper. I get the black pepper. That's the the smoke. That's the explosive uh, spiciness that you get in the mouth. Um, but yeah, no, there's well, something in there that I don't really particularly well, enjoy. This is anyway. another one that was designed for the uh, Eiley Whiskey Festival. We mm-hmm. were talking about this earlier. Which year? Does it uh, say? Uh, it says they think it's five to seven years old. The experts put this as five no, no, to seven I years old. No, no, but I mean for which year of the festival. Oh, it didn't say. Oh, because we had the um, the one we tasted last uh, episode. Yes. That was really one that they made specifically for this, for this year's year. uh, 2019 edition. We're going to go there in June, aren't we? We Please are, promise me. Yes, promise me we're yes, going there in June. Yes, we're going. We need to organize a SharePoint Saturday in Eiley, Scotland in June. Wow. Okay. So that will probably mean that the population of Isla will triple <laughs> during that Saturday or something. Hey, yeah. that, that's if really we get weird. 20 people in there. Could we do this? Could we actually organize a SharePoint we, Saturday during the Whiskey Festival? Um, well, the problem will be that the prices will be very, very steep for accommodation because they're all, they're, there will be people from all over the world coming to the West Whiskey Festival. Who cares? So how many SharePoint speakers do you think we can get together for a conference, for a one-day conference in Eiley during the Whiskey Festival? Well, if we do one track, let's say six people. If we do two tracks, 12. Uh, and we only need an audience of three. True. <laughs> so <laughs> you and, and me a and... Hey, this is all these whiskey suppliers there. We need a sponsor. What do you think? Yeah, I can talk to some people. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Oh, well. Well, that's rather cool, actually. Yeah. That is very cool. So what did we do? We sat and uh, revisited our baseline governance. True. Um, yeah. We tasted two glasses of whiskey. Yeah. Um, we talked about sway. We decided we're not doing sway. No. Outlook has a strong case if we can put the resources in to be yes. uh, our go-to application, yeah. which I think, to be fair, is always the go-to application. So when you talk True. about Outlook, you probably go, why would we not do this? Yes, that is actually the better question. Why it would is. you not go to Outlook? Yeah. So in the case of my customer uh, from last week, uh, yeah, we have an SAP uh, thing that we want to integrate. Okay, that's not possible. Okay, cool. Then yeah. we can't. The downside is, hey, where is it coming from? If you're talking about Lotus Notes or G Suite, there's a yeah. lot more work than if it's Absolutely, going on an yeah. old exchange server. Then you need server. to do all the adoption and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Talk about adoption, Sway, just ugh, adoption is too much, not worth the value. Uh, well, I wouldn't turn it off per se. 
you can leave it on, but I wouldn't do much about it. And does OneDrive still become the one, the no-brainer? We're going to do OneDrive yes. anyway. OneDrive is is absolutely the no-brainer. And the OneDrive yeah. admin page actually has the migration tab, so you click on it and it takes you to the Microsoft's new migration tool. Even yes. Te- even yes. gives you the tools on how to yes. migrate the users. So why would you ask them to do it yourself? Um, well, as I said, maybe it has to do with the with the meaning of personal drive and that IT is not allowed to touch yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that is one of the considerations maybe. to take. Yeah. Or right. maybe it's just a lot of work. If you have a 10,000 people company, you need to move 10,000 uh, personal drives to uh, OneDrive. Which with some of the bigger migration tools is just about no, timing. I know. Yeah, but it's it takes time. It takes, uh, you can't do everyone in, in one night probably. And You wouldn't yeah. want to, would you? You'd no. Basically, but- you would want to say, if I'm migrating my Outlook emails and my customers to Outlook in waves of, a thousand users at a time or mm-hmm. 500, then I'd do 500 OneDrives at the same time. Yeah. But would you do OneDrive and Outlook at the same time? I would. Okay. I would because they're so integrated. Attachments. True. You know, True. all that kind yeah. of stuff. Recent yes. documents. Yes. yes. So there's there's a, a really nice adoption story there by doing them together. Okay. Let's talk about that next time. No, we got to talk about SharePoint and Teams and Forms. Nah, and let's talk about those next and... time. No, no, no. no, no. Uh, we'll We've see. talked about enough things. Listen, there's a lot of whiskey between now and the next time, so we'll True. forget what we said this time anyway. Yes. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, cool. folks, we've actually been going. This is our longest podcast ever. We're at a one hour and seven minutes. Oh, no. You are a oh, no. dastardly evil person keeping me talking this long. Oh, well, you need to cut, um, cut some stuff out. Yeah, okay, yeah. which bit? I have got no idea. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Okay, guys, I think uh, it's definitely time to finish. So uh, it's a goodbye from Steve, who's had way too much whiskey, because you know what it, with I'm like, it goes straight to my head. <laughs> okay, cool. So this is Maran saying goodbye. Uh, so follow us at, uh, at size Steve at Maran Somers. Uh, drop us a note. Uh, let us know uh, if you had any of these whiskeys, which one uh, you preferred. Uh, let us know what you think about Sway. Should I stay or should I go? Um, should I stay or should I yeah, go? Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Sorry. Um, so is a question. Are we going to have a meetup in Ignite? Yeah. Are we going to try and do a whiskey meetup? At let's a, a do whiskey a whiskey. Yes. And Ignite. Yes. So there's let's the question. The one happen. question of this podcast is: If you want a meetup, yes or no? Send us a, a tweet. Yes. And uh, we'll uh, put a hashtag. Hashtag. Office 365 Distilled Meetup. Something like that, yeah. All right, cool. Cool. All right, guys. Ciao from me and ciao from... Marijn. Good night. Bye.